Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What if you could go back in time and change the past? Would it destroy the future? Next Monday, Timeless premieres. This guy went back in time trying to rewrite history. It could change the present in ways we can't predict. Critics are calling Timeless thrilling, eye-popping, full of action and adventure. Who are you? We're actually... This is Dr. Dre. I'm Nurse Jackie. We're from General Hospital. Timeless. Season premiere after The Voice next Monday on NBC. Hey there, Z Nation fans. We are here to talk about another episode of Z Nation tonight. We're covering season three, episode two, A New Mission. We've got a lot of new character to, uh, characters to discuss, and we have a special guest. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey there, everybody. We are hitting the ground running. Now that we are back this week, how are you all doing tonight? Well, the debate's happening right now, so I'm conflicted. <laughs> that, yeah, a little bit of your real, a little bit of real life, and a little bit of real apocalypse in with the uh, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this episode, but I'm also a little bit sad that I'm missing. Yeah, the debate. Yeah, we want to thank every everybody who is hopefully DVRing the debate right now, yes. uh, so that you guys can tune in to us live. So thank you guys. We so, are the so more much. important yeah. one. <laughs> we've got a few people live. We've got at least four people live in chat. Oh, yeah, hello everyone. Yeah, like I said, I hope you all are DVR nine nine watching now. Yay! Thank yes. you all for joining us. Before we get the ball rolling, let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiajay. That is K I A. X-E-T. Michelle Cullen. Hello, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle Cullen. And I'm your host, Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. We are also keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVZNation. And Katie's keeping an eye on the live chat as best we can. Uh, yeah. I got it. So, you got it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we also have a special calling guest uh, calling in later, Craig Engler, the co-creator and writer and producer for the show, basically Jack of All Trades, will be calling in a little later uh, to chat about this episode and about what it's been like working on season three so far. So, let's get right to it, folks. This episode... Picking up right where we left off from the end of season two, how do you guys feel? Because we had, you know, again, our our personal biases aside, we did have kind of a break in between, given that we had the Mm two-hour movie, before we got this. Now, how do we feel about that sort of disconnect? Because a lot of people, when season three started, who maybe missed that introductory thing, were like wait, why is this in the past? We need to know what happened to 10K. What's going on, guys? So how do you feel coming back? I thought that it was... I liked it. I thought that this episode was great. I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. And I feel like now that we've seen this episode, now that we've seen what they introduced, now that we've seen what they're talking about, 
I feel like having the movie where it was was good placement for it, that we needed that introduction. So the man and his eight and a half by 11 list, which has to be eight and a half by 11, even if there's only one name in 12 point times New Roman on it. I it's, had a really good laugh about this the other night. It's the easiest printing process. <laughs> oh my God, you could just write it on a three by five and be done. It's not as effective <laughs> at being intimidating if it's written out versus typed. I just thought Catherine. it was absolutely hysterical <laughs> that he unfolds this piece of paper and there's one little teeny name right in the middle of it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, did a college student do that for you? Trying to be impressive with the font size and word limit? I had forgotten uh, that Murphy's first name was Alvin. And I was yeah, like, oh, Alvin Bernard Murphy. God <laughs> bless America. I loved that it was in the center of the page because that means you yeah. had to take the effort to press enter a bunch of times <laughs> to get to that sweet spot. That's why I thought it was so funny That's because funny. his other list was, you know, left adjusted and at the top. But this one is just like, burr. And it was all Murphy. caps. He's it was important. aggressive. It was, it was very aggressive. And yeah, you, I mean, somebody could have written it on a post-it note. Not as and effective. It would have sur- sufficed in terms of conveying no. information. But Could you imagine it- <laughs> the man pulling out a pink post-it with a pencil written? This yes! Is, this is a man that also wears flip-flops to his mission. So, I mean, yeah, I it, could, I could it would still be scary if he did it. Because he's selling this character. Sure, it's menacing if he unfolds this big old whatever, but I'm still laughing about the fact that someone had to go to the effort to do that. Does anybody ever want, like, knowing what we know about the man now, anybody wonder what he does in his downtime? Does he have downtime? (laughs) He makes martinis and listens to classical music. That's true. Or 70s music. We got to see that. Well, I guess 70s is kind of classic at this point. It's like 70s rock. That's good. So, Classic yeah. in the good way. <laughs> but I, I liked that we had the movie where it was. I liked that they went back and they gave us more information a little on what Zona is and they introduced the man. So that way, when we got back into, yeah, Zona is this, I don't want to do this, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to see some of those. We got to see, you know, the shaky hand with the glass, and we got to see that they'd kidnapped all of these people. The rich so-and-sos, yeah. So mm-hmm. we kind of being able to see it from the other side, it's a good refresher, it's a good reminder, and it's a good, wow, I cannot word tonight. <laughs> Can't blame Murphy for not wanting to go along with it. And also the man and what the man does is fresh in our minds as well. So we just That's need that true. little scene of him showing up, looking at the parachute, looking at his list and going, yep, for us to go, oh, dang. <laughs> now, I, I, I agree with you, but I also could have seen the value of, like, and again, I, I love the movie that we got, but I also could see the value of bringing in the man as a complete stranger um, at the very end of this episode. I feel like that would have been almost as an effective stinger without context of who he was and getting context a little later. I think it would have been just as effective. That being said, I, I agree. I do think that having the movie made this episode a little bit more enjoyable, at least in terms of like a refresher of who Zona was and everything. Michelle, what are your thoughts? I agree with both sides, which you might think is impossible. You can't do this. But... This is a debate. <laughs> no, I see both. I, I see both sides. I see the benefit in getting that refresher right before it happens. But I also had that thought at the end of how powerful and impactful that one shot of the man 
could have been um, just seeing him walking, you know, into the distance mm-hmm. and not knowing who he was or anything, but knowing inherently that he's not a good person. Yeah, you you only get one chance at a at a good first impression, and we got a very good first impression we of did. him as well. But this would have been also very good and very menacing. Yes, I, I, I feel like it's the difference between who the heck was that guy and who. That's a very accurate thing. Neither one was bad. They were both quite good Mm -hmm. and could have done very well separate or together. And they did, they chose together and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, for anybody who missed the, the first episode of this season, who missed the two hour event, you know, they do get that and they have the benefit of being able to go back now, um, to get that context. But anyway, let's, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, bringing him in and bringing in the fact that Zona is now on the hunt for Murphy. So Murphy's made his escape from from the underwater submarine, and he's got a few people in tow. One of which, very happy to see Ten K. I feel that like was we'll... an amazing reveal. Yeah, yeah that just was like head. Like <laughs> that was genius writing of just having him being laid out flat in the boat. You couldn't see him at the end of season two. You had no idea. You still had no idea when they landed. And then he was like, get up, kid. And he did. Now, and a woo was heard around the United <laughs> States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> woo! Now, how do you guys feel about the slow reveal about 10K now being enslaved to Murphy? I knew it happened right away. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised, but holy cow, I want to punch Murphy in the face. Do you feel like they, because it was fairly obvious after a certain point, do you feel like they should have just shown it right at the beginning of the episode? Or do you feel like the the reveal right there at the very end was more fitting? There's always going to be someone who doesn't catch on right away. And the reveal is more for them. I'm not saying, like, it's for the dumb people. But some people are really good at foreshadowing and some people are really good at math. So, and... Now I forgot what I was saying. Well, for I me, got distracted by math because it's I hate, contagious. I hate math, it's and contagious. she said math, and then I got focused on that. Um, well, for, oh, yeah. go ahead. No. Go ahead. Please go ahead. <laughs> uh, for, for me, I kind of liked that at the very beginning. You don't really know. You you know you have this you have this strong suspicion that he did bite 10K because that's you know that's the tactical move for Murphy because he cares about Warren and all these people in his own way and he doesn't want to leave them to die but at the same time he has to make a calculated risk and biting 10k is the best way of ensuring that 10k is not going to turn around and shoot him in the head and 10k has a very particular set of skills well and, and also a super strong useful. dislike of murphy yeah. yeah so it made sense to me but the moment where i really i knew for a fact that that's what he had done was when uh, 10k had taken off in the woods and basically did a giant circle and ended up right back at Murphy's side and was just like, what just happened? I did not understand that. So there's question as to whether or not he knows that he's being controlled. Because without a mirror, you can't exactly see the back of your own neck. Yeah. You know, it feels like a very would you kindly sort oh of Oh my thing, god, yes! Where you don't even know as you're playing the game. The, would you kindly go do this? Would you kindly go do that? Sorry for anybody who hasn't played Bioshock yet. It's <laughs> been like... Five, eight, how many years? Basically, many years. Spoiler alert. Basically, in Bioshock, 
you don't know it, but an ally, quote-unquote, that you have in the game uh, named Atlas is basically making requests of you and saying, would you kindly go get this? Would you kindly go get that? And you don't know it as the player, but would you kindly is actually a trigger fa- uh, phrase for for mind control, basically. Would you kindly? And, yeah, and so the person is conditioned to do whatever it is they're asked of them. So I, I feel like it's a very would you kindly thing where it is pretend, it is a possibility that 10K doesn't quite know that he's being controlled yet because he has a he and uh, Dr. Merch seem to have a much greater awareness of their situation than uh, than Cassandra ever did Cause Cassandra which I find was, interesting well Cassandra was already half dead at the point that she got bitten so, from disease and that was season one when Murphy was still trying to prior get his to act him together shedding his skin yeah I don't think that she was the beta the test. biting it might like, have been because Murphy was different was he though? <laughs> well, um, we we've seen him biologically, physiologically. yeah, physiologically change as the season has progressed. But uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I found my thoughts again after the horrible math comment. Um, <laughs> just math. Uh, at first, when I saw him get up and touch his bandaid, and he was walking like he was fine. I was like, he bit him by the gunshot wound, and it's covered That's by what a bandaid, and he doesn't know because he doesn't think to check. But he shouldn't be this fine because he was dying. And Murphy made the calculated move to not leave him on the submarine and to bring him and to utilize his skills because. <laughs> and Renji in the chat was also saying he thought it was hidden in the wound, and that's what I thought it was too, right up until we got the back of the neck reveal. Yeah, so it was still a surprise was, reveal for those of us who caught on quickly. Yeah, yeah. it was still location, a good, location, location, location. It was location. still a very good misdirect. <laughs> and not to mention, it's just kind of a cool set of scars, like <sighs> having this thing that controls you right at the base of your, you know, right at your spine. But I, I also cannot find, wait. Go ahead. Oh, I also find it interesting that he's not experiencing discomfort from that wound because it's still a bite. Yeah, yeah, that is that broke the skin. You would feel that. <laughs> Maybe Murphy didn't bite him right on his wound because he's like, oh, that'll get infected. Ew, no, no, no. <laughs> also, I'm not a fan of where he bites. Those are weird. They are weird, weird locations. Weird locations to bite. Very bony. Now, very awkward. Murphy. We also see that he kind of goes full super villain in this episode, and I don't mean that in like a mustache twirly maniacal villain sort of way, or or even as like. A Walking Dead sort of villain where because of their circumstances they are now soulless husks who just like hurting people. Like, Murphy's not like that. He's We've been with him for several seasons now. We like him. He's a jerk. But we like him and we empathize with what he's going through. And yeah, you can't really blame him for saying, screw you, humanity. I don't know. What do you guys think of him like going like, I will recreate this world in my image? I can't, well, I can't blame him for not wanting to go with Zona. I can't blame him for being tired of being kicked around. He didn't ask for this, but he's always just kind of been a dick. So, <laughs> are, we, are we really surprised that after season two and all these people telling him you're special, you're special, you're special, that he finally went, I'm special. Are we really surprised? <laughs> I feel like he's always felt like he was special. <laughs> yeah, but that much affirmation and no longer having someone to rein him in for the course of the mission like, as opposed to being, I could be the savior of humanity. I could be this. Okay, you know, I have someone riding me to get there, but I'm the savior. And then it turns into, no, really, you're not. There's no more mission. Well, screw it then. I'm going to rule the world. 
He did compare himself to Zombie Jesus at one point. Yeah. <laughs> that was to yeah. try to save Garnett's life. That's true. That was, that was a decoy. <laughs> you all know it. How dare you? You're right. I'm sorry. I I, I crossed a line there. You I did. apologize. <laughs> I think, in a weird way, he's just he's being very pragmatic about the whole thing. Like he has seen what humans can do. He has seen what human beings can become, and he has seen what zombies are put through. And he feels that the best way to solve that is more beings like Lucy. Just procreating and splitting the difference and seeing what happens because it can't be worse in his mind than what is happening now. Yeah. Speaking of what, real quick, can we get a moderator in the chat to break up the fight that's going on? Because come on, guys. But can we talk about the mindless humans and the zombie tumbleweed? And the, can we talk yes. about the new aspects that were brought into this? Talking about things that are maybe shaping Murphy's worldview. Yeah, we have two things that we're being introduced to in this episode. And that's zombies eating zombies out of starvation, which I don't think we've ever seen before. But it will eventually like get rid of the zombie problem. And then uh, on the on the converse side, humans who have become feral and wild out of starvation, who basic they're not zombies they they they're basically take taking humanity back to the Stone Age. That's actually was the first big hint that I knew Tenke was bit um, besides questioning it when he got out of the boat. But he shot human beings without question. Well, and, and without remorse, like he, no he second shot thought. Human beings without question, and and as Murphy put it, he stopped counting the zombies that yeah, he shot. He did. Which the second he wasn't counting, I'm like, is he silently counting? I would hope he's silently keeping and track. And at half, <laughs> we've all got your back. <laughs> that being said, I hope someone's keeping track while 10K is under under this control. Um, so, uh, I believe we have a caller on the line. Is that Mr. Craig Engler? Hey, yeah, this is Craig Engler from Z Nation. How are you? Good, Good. how are you? How are you doing? It's been a while. I'm I'm doing good. It's been a while since I've been on the show. I'm excited to uh, to be back on. Thank you for having me. Wasn't it like episode two of season one? It was way back episode two. Season one was the last time we had Craig on. Oh wow, is that long? Okay, well I, I won't. If we get a season four, we'll we'll, we'll come back on sooner than that. Oh, okay. I hope okay. so. Yes. Please, <laughs> please do. You are welcome anytime. So, for those of you who don't know, Craig is the co-creator of the show, writer, producer, jack of all trades. Basically, uh, basically, is a huge force behind this show. Craig, how does it feel now that you guys are in season three? The show has progressed a lot since the last time we had you on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you know we have a design for the show and it's been going sort of. Um, where we've envisioned it, and I think uh, the thing that keeps us really excited and motivated is that people haven't guessed where we're going, and I think that they really enjoy the show because we do things that I think when they think we're going to turn right, we turn left, or we shoot off into space, or we burrow down into the ground, and we kind of zombies, and, you know, we have a lot of fun. There's, there's a whole bunch of us in the writer's room. We all uh, craft the show together under the leadership of our showrunner, Carl Schaefer. And I think we all sit there and just try to outdo ourselves, you know, every season and also have really um, true arcs to the characters. All the characters have developed in ways that um, hopefully you didn't expect, but, but that seemed very natural now that they got there. And I think that for me, anyway, that feels very true. You know, Warren has become the leader of the gang. Murphy has finally gotten fed up. You know, it's, it's you know, Addie has sort of blossomed into a person 
uh, under her own right, without Mac around, uh, rip Mac. Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, you see all the, you know, Doc is becoming more and more badass. I and mean, one of the interesting things about the nation, everybody somewhere has to be a badass to have survived. But you didn't really see that with Doc early on because there were so many people around. But now that, you know, they're losing more people and the stakes are getting higher, you're really seeing why he is one of the survivors. So, you know, that's, I think, what, what uh, really excites us and, and keeps us going with the show is, is how the characters are evolving and the storyline is changing. Yeah, and uh, characters reaching their limit, too, and having to push beyond their limits and becoming, you know, new people as a result. Was it always a plan to sort of make Murphy, uh, we were just talking about how he kind of went full supervillain in this episode. Was that the plan from the get-go? Um, I don't remember if it was a plan from day one, but it was sort of the plan from early on. You know, Carl had a very interesting vision of how Murphy would develop, and I think that um, from very early on, it, it was the plan to work towards and to... Um, really introduced the blend as kind of a, a third type of, of creature in this world. You know, so you have humans, you have zombies, and then you have half-human, half-zombie. And uh, you'll see that play out a little more now that Murphy is fighting more and more people and, and getting them on his side. And that was always, you know, built in uh, from the very uh, outset when uh, Carl came on board the show. Well, it's been interesting to see the difference between the blends because Cassandra was kind of our first one and she was essentially feral. And then at this point, we also have 10K, who is incredibly cogent, but doesn't seem to know that he's been bitten and is being controlled. Um, why did the blends develop this way? What can we look forward to, if you can say that? <laughs> well, you know, there's also, there's actually a bunch of blends at this point because Murphy is surrounded by people he's been bitten. So while the main characters that you know of were Cassandra and uh, Chen K, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of characters around him that are blends. And, you know, I think uh, Cassandra was a bit of a special case because there, she had a lot of um, damage, uh, the, you know, during the um, nuclear, you know, stuff going on at the end of that episode. So I think um, the blends are a little bit different than I think you see Cassandra. I think she was a little far gone when she was bitten, whereas Ken uh, Kim was a little less far gone, if I can say that. And you will definitely see um, a lot more information and a lot more people uh, turn into blends uh, in this season. Interesting. I don't know if I can give that away. Like I don't know. I can't really go too much beyond that, but I can say you're going to see more of the blend. Well, it feels Murphy like wants it's a natural really progression. Well, DC Douglas has happily informed Twitter that he's back this season, so we'll be seeing Ma and Pa Kettle and their blends as well. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. That's yeah, that's actually so well, one of the episodes I wrote. So, yeah, you'll see them. They did nice. a great job. Um, you're going to see a, a very interesting storyline uh, develop on that's um believe that's the 11th episode of the season so you'll see them a little bit further down the road than where we are we just aired episode three Yay. all right we'll see lucy again that's wonderful so what we've we've also been introduced to a lot of kind of world building aspects in this episode we have the uh we have the ender sort of people who have gone feral we have the zombies eating zombies and we have uh the uh the people in the forbidden city who are also working on their own cure for the zombie vaccine what aspect of the of this you know of the apocalypse in season three were you most looking forward to being revealed to the audience i really like the the idea of um uh, the Forbidden City people coming on on set, you know, on board all of a sudden because you all you all of a sudden you realize, oh yeah, there are people outside of the world, and 
Uh, you know, Z Nation is, it's not just happening in the U.S., it's happening globally, and so many um, movies, shows, books, games, never really, not, not World War Z, but so many other ones, you know, never really explore that, and um, I had always had in the mind from the very beginning when I was um, coming up with the original kernel of the idea for the show that we would actually see that at some point to be sort of a, a season-ending thing where all of a sudden it was like, fighter jets go overhead and you're like, what? <laughs> and they're not ours, you know, and suddenly there's a whole other contingent because that's exactly what would happen if those people were out there. If they were out there and you, you know, they're, they can listen into Citizen Z and they hear that there's a guy with a cure and they have resources. They've got an aircraft carrier, they've got soldiers, they have different pathologies for fighting the zombies. You know, you would send them all over. But then, of course, in true Z Nation fashion, nothing ever goes the way anyone uh, intends and Suddenly, Sun May is left uh, more or less on her own uh, with our team here at the, end, here at the beginning of season three. Yeah, well, you were you mentioned uh, some brainstorming sessions about zombies a little earlier, and um, one of the really cool things about this episode was this little tool that you used to take out multiple zombies at once. Who came up with? Oh, yeah. the, who came up with the projectile idea? The laser grenade. Yeah, yeah you know. To be honest, I don't remember. There's so many ideas. When you're in the writer's room, you're in the room, um, you know, eight to ten hours a day with, you know, five, seven, eight other people. You're constantly throwing ideas. You're, you're building on them. It's very hard to remember some of the specifics of ideas. Or even, you know, there's some times where I see something and I'm like, I think I came up with that idea. But no, wait, I think maybe Dan did or Jen did. Or maybe I'm misremembering that, you know, like maybe I just thought it was really cool when they said it. And now I think, you know, like it just happens. There's so many ideas thrown out there. Um, and a lot of times what happens is the person who threw out the idea, their idea is built on um, risk off of and becomes something else. So, you know, the kernel of it was their idea, but then it becomes a, a, a sort of group idea. So to be honest, I don't remember who came up with the. I know it wasn't me. I can't take credit for that. Uh, but I know it wasn't me, but I don't remember who came up with it. Well, it was pretty fancy. It was certainly interesting. Um, so Yeah, I know. We have lasers. That's what I tweeted out. I'm like, we have lasers. The Walking Dead is <laughs> We have lasers. You have a laser grenade that shoots, like, foot-long nails. Dang! Yeah. Yeah, again, very Laser-guided nails. Laser-guided mm, nails. Laser-guided nails. Laser nails. Nailed it. Boo. Hey. Boo. <laughs> uh, speaking again about brainstorming, uh, this is probably, I, I can't think of really any other sort of zombie material where we see zombies attacking each other. Now, what? where do you kind of see that progressing? Because, uh, again, we, we've got so many different factions, and with zombies turning on each other, that's a very interesting element. It's a very interesting kind of way... That, again, you guys, something Z Nation does really well is taking zombie lore and tweaking it just ever so slightly into new and different ways. You know, I'm pretty sure that idea came out of, we had a discussion about, um, I don't know if you've heard of this phenomenon, it's called a rat king, where mm. if a bunch of rats live in the same place and it's, and they can't move around a lot, like all their tails become interconnected oh. and they can't get free and so they move around in sort of like a big clump. Mm-hmm. Um, might even like maybe even like Stephen King did that in, in one of the night shift uh, stories. I can't remember, but we were talking about like um, and I'm pretty sure this one was Carl, where he was talking about a rat king of zombies, and you know could we do these interconnected zombies that were sort of um, you know there's so few people around that the zombies uh, start eating each other out of sort of 
not desperation because zombies don't get desperate, but you know, just um, there's nothing else to eat, so they end up eating each other. And you know, wouldn't it be horrible if they turned into this giant mass? And of course, um, you instantly think, how are we going to do that on TV? On a TV <laughs> budget, we can never do it. And then you see it on the screen, and it's better than you uh, ever possibly imagined. Um, that's more of a little uh, like a world building tidbit. Um, about the world around us and the fact that um, it's a real impact on Murphy's character because he's seeing, you know, zombies turn on zombies and he's part zombie. So he, he kind of sees like, hey, the, the world is not working. You know, what we're doing isn't working, so we have to do something else. And that's that's one of the sort of um, touchstones that, that uh, kicks him off this season to basically being like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. No one else is doing it. Your plans are stupid and keep failing. And by the way, I keep, you know... Um, bearing the brunt of all the awful things that go on. So it's time for me to sort of take control. So that's, that's more of an aspect of the lobby on zombie stuff. I do like that. Our last couple of seasons have started with something rolling away. We had a cheese wheel and now we have a zombie tumbleweed. I just, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot tell you how many uh, tweets uh, people send me about wanting to see the cheese wheel. And (laughs) I don't don't remember. So there was an episode um, I wrote that actually isn't going to be used this season. We might try to save it for next season uh, due to budgetary reasons. But there, there was a, um, an homage to the cheese wheel, but I don't remember if it got repurposed into another episode. Or not. So I can't, you don't remember off the top of my head if you will or won't see some aspect of the cheese wheel. I have to go back and, and, and see if it made it into another script. So we'll have to talk to you at the end of the season then and see if it made it. I will just die if in the season or series finale, if like whatever big bad we have set up just gets knocked flat by this cheese wheel that's still rolling across the And has picked up zombies down the way. And uh, Alistair points out in chat the first season we had the Liberty Bell rolling away. Oh, you guys I love are very it. fond of your rolling projectiles. I love yes. it so much. Yeah, we like to, we like to roll big things onto zombies because it's fun. It is. So, if you could, regardless of whether or not it fits into the story, and regardless of budget, create any kind of zombie for the show, what would you do? We're going full pie you know, in the sky here. Interesting that you say that because we're going to be doing a Zenation comic, and one of the great things about doing a comic is that. Um, you don't have the budgetary limitations. You know, you can um, you can say, oh, I'm going to draw, you know, a giant 50-story spaceship, and it would be in there. So there are certain types of zombies that are very hard to do uh, with special effects and makeup, um, and we're going to be able to do them in the comic. Cause I kind of don't want to give it away because it's hopefully going to be for the people by the comic going to be a surprise when they when they see it. But there's a certain time of type of zombie that I've always wanted to do and do en masse, like not just one, but have like thousands of them wow. uh, that we're going to be able to do in the comic book. Had you announced the comic before? I didn't think I'd heard of that. Yeah, yeah, we were able to announce it um, right around San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, okay. uh, it won't be out until next year. We're doing it with Dynamite Entertainment. I'm uh, going to cool. be co-writing it with uh, Fred Van Lente, who's a very well-known uh, comic writer and a good friend of mine. He actually wrote the um, Cowboys vs. Alien comic that the movie was based on. Uh, he's written tons of other things as well. Uh, he and I are co-writing it. Um, the Asylum and Sci-Fi and Carl and everybody are fully involved in it. We're developing a storyline, and then the idea is that um, we might be able to take some of the stuff we put in the comic and then use it down the road in the show. I'm super excited. Oh, my God. That's so cool. None of us were able to go to Comic-Con Yeah, and I will say that the comic uh, is set in Black Summer, so it's actually set back 
before we ever met Murphy. Oh. Um, so it tells a little bit of a, a different tale in V Nation, and it really broadens the world of V Nation. And you'll yes. meet uh, a whole bunch of new characters, and you'll see some familiar faces. Okay. That's so cool. So, a little, again, a little bit of world building. I like it. I appreciate it. You can't see us, Craig, but our face is lit up when you see <laughs> okay. the comic book. So yep. we're we're very excited about that. I'll tweet a screenshot later. That was magical. Oh, my God, so, yes. Speaking, speaking <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if there's a way. You know how like, we live tweet the show every Friday, and I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to like live tweet reading the comic when it comes out in some way. So I, I've sort of been talking to the comic book company. And I remember when I were live tweeted up the premiere of the comic and we're going to try to figure something out I don't know if it'll work oh, yeah. it'll be fun you definitely can people do it all the time just got issue number one of Z Nation gonna read it they post like screen caps of different panels that they like whole nine yards you can definitely live tweet reading a comic things right. I have well, done before well, you, since you guys are doing a comic, you guys have done a lot of different things, kind of moving with this series, and even at the very start of this season, doing a two-hour movie as as the sort of season premiere, and now with this comic book, what other ways are you kind of, what other mediums are you looking to tell the Z Nation story? Um, you know, I'm not sure that there's anything specifically planned at this point. I think we wanted to see how the two-hour movie did. Um that started out as a request of the network, and one of the things they wanted it for is so they could run around the schedule as a movie, uh, sort of a standalone movie that introduced you to um, Phoenician, and then also that um, the way that we crafted it is, even though you sort of go back in time to season two and you get to see Cassandra again, uh, rest in peace, uh, she, uh, or, you know, we introduce a character that then will be, you'll see again uh, in, in season three, which is man, of course, which you saw at the end of the last episode. Um, So it was, it was a way to kind of like have this really interesting storyline and kind of uh, insert the character that, you know, you'll see more of, but that you didn't get to see in season two. Um, Personally, I've always advocated to do a Z Nation Christmas movie. Uh, Nobody ever wants to do that. Um, I think that would be the greatest thing on the planet. Um, Totally, you know, standalone out of time episode of our characters, uh, you know, trying to celebrate the holidays and everything going horribly, horribly wrong. Um, Mary you know, there, there, there are ideas for, for, you know, ways to spin off, you know, maybe we do a mini series at some point or something like that. But, but right now I think that the two biggest things planned were the two hour season opener, um, which is kind of a prequel to the season of the real season opener and, uh, the comic, I think are the next big thing. You are just lighting up our life tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all kind of want a Z Nation Christmas movie. I just, I had a flash. I mean, doesn't it seem like a great everyone. idea? Like, I'm it's just genius. Like, it seems to be like a no-brainer. But, yeah. It's like the Chewbacca you know. Christmas special, but with zombies and magic. And less terrible. And less terrible. <laughs> Murphy yeah. is Jewish and mad that nobody will acknowledge There's, it. That would like, be a twist. <laughs> I have a, I have a, a Christmas mix on my I, iPod, and one of the songs on it is Christmas Night of the Living Dead, so... So that oh, awesome. that would be wonderful. <laughs> this would be a dream come true. I would love it if they still yes. celebrated the holidays and the apocalypse. Just you know, the little things to try to you know to try to maintain a, a semblance of how the world used to be. Citizen Z broadcasting Christmas carols. Aww, we can write this for you. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, and one of the things is like you know they would try to celebrate Christmas. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. they may not remember like Fourth of July since there's not really the United States anymore, but you would try to celebrate, you know, Christmas 
Uh, probably not Halloween. That's, that would probably end in disaster. You're kind, of, you're kind of living um, Halloween but, you know, every day. I, I feel like it's something they would do. Yeah. Yeah. So and we, do horribly. Yeah. yeah. Go wrong. So yes. It's just the natural. Oh gosh, it would be like the gift of the magi, only with weapons. <laughs> yeah. It would be fantastic. But, and you know, we we did uh, we did sort of a, um, a birth of Christ episode when Lucy did. was born. You know, you had the yeah. three wise men, the zombie camel. I mean, who doesn't want a zombie camel? That camel was great. That you camel back was in great. He loved it. He had a great time on set. <laughs> oh, so man. we we are running a little short on time. We we still have oh, the sorry, rest. Yes. Oh no no, you're great. You're great. You, we I'm just telling uh, my fellow panelists that we are running a little short on time. Are there any other questions you guys want to ask Craig before we wrap up and uh, finish recapping the episode? I asked my big one. I'm super happy. Yeah. No, I'm in a good place <laughs> with all of the things coming up. The uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, Craig, you are lighting up our life. The uh, the thing I want to mention right now, be, again, we we talked a little bit about Christmas. Somebody who's kind of perpetually living in the winter is Citizen Z, and he's been put in a very interesting place this season because all of his equipment was pretty much out of commission last season, but now he's been stripped of all his resources. And I was kind of wondering where were you guys kind of looking to place his character at the beginning of this season? And now that everything except his dog has been taken away from him. Well, you know, citizens, he's got a honey now. He's, <laughs> he's living with the Eskimos. So uh, he's the biggest fan. Uh, so I think we have a, um, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but we have a whole, um, a whole new type of story for citizens to experience. Uh, and he now has, uh, I don't know if she's officially a girlfriend, but I guess they slept naked together in the, in the last episode, <laughs> so I guess they're that, that sort of as close in, in the apocalypse. Then uh, she knows his real name. Um, so, uh, you know, he's got a very interesting story arc that is much, much different um, than you've seen in the past. And again, it's a direct, sort of, a, sort of a, a natural outgrowth of what's been happening to him. You know, everything's got wrecked. He went off on his own possibly froze to death and then got rescued by this mysterious uh, girl who saved him and now you know he's got a honey yeah and it'll be interesting to see the type of person he becomes uh you know having his eyes and ears kind of taken away from him because his his big thing was that he could he could access anything throughout the world and now he's virtually blind uh although he does have a very lovely view of the aurora borealis he does, he does. Well, you know, one of the things about Citizen Z that, that's very interesting to me is, you know, in, in before this season, he had everything you would ever want, which is he was safe from the zombies. He had, you know, an unlimited food supply, he had power and electricity, but he was totally alone. And now it's kind of like that switch, right? He's had to give all that stuff up for companionship. And I think that, um, you know, that's a really, like, interesting dynamic for him. And we'll see that play out is that, you know, now he's among people and, you know, he also hasn't been around people for a long time, and he's not, you know, um, he's not the most social guy on the planet in terms of, you know, being stuck up in the Arctic forever. So now he's got to sort of reassimilate into society. And I don't know if you had seen the whole episode or not, but, uh, you know, he was in with this girl, and then her parents were right there. And, you know, <laughs> yep. This, Immobile to the point of, you know, or you're not sure if she's actually frozen or not. So, you know, I think he's going to have a very interesting time. Well, thank you again so, so much for taking the time to call. And we know it's a lot later over there than it is over here. So thank you so much. 
uh, for taking the time to do that. Is there anything else that you're working on right now that you can tell our viewers about? Uh, I know that it's really tough if stuff is still in development, but is there anything you'd like to let our viewers know that you're working on? Well, I'll tell you something really cool. There's a, an anthology that a friend of mine, a zombie author named Jonathan Mayberry, is doing. It's called Knights of the Living Dead. And it's basically stories set uh, on the same night of Night of the Living Dead, in officially set in the George Romero universe. And the, the anthology is being edited by George Romero and by uh, Jonathan Mayberry. And I was very fortunate enough to be able to write a story for this anthology. And as a zombie fan who literally... Thanks, uh, Night of the Living Dead is the greatest zombie movie ever made. To, to get to contribute this tiny piece of mythology to the official George Romero universe is just super exciting. It's uh, an, an anthology that will be out in uh, 2017, and it's called Night of the Living Dead. And there's a whole bunch of great zombie authors, and then somehow they let me uh, write a story in it. So, Congratulations. Uh, super excited That's about awesome. that. Thanks. That's amazing. Um, it's canon. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you. Congratulations again. And thank you so much. Where can people go if they want to find you and keep up with you and all of the projects that you're working on? Uh, primarily on Twitter. I'm at Craig Angler on Twitter. Uh, and I talk about the nation and all the other stuff that I'm working on. So uh, if you're listening, please come by. And also, I just want to do a shout out to thank our fans. We had not only do we have really strong ratings for the premiere episode, um, but we actually grew a little bit in the ratings from uh, episode one to episode two this season, which is very rare on TV. Almost across the board, shows will drop from their first episode to the second episode just because you know people tuned in, checked it out, and they, you know found something else to watch the next week. So the fact that we actually grew a little bit from episode one to episode two in our third season is amazing. And I just want to thank all the people listening who watched and support the show because it was it was totally you guys who made that happen. So we're we're uh, gobsmacked that that happened. Well, congratulations yeah. again, because, again, you guys deserve it. It is fantastic, and you guys put on a fantastic show. So thank you so, so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right. Of thank course. You. Have a wonderful night. Thanks again. Uh-huh. You too. We'll talk again next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Good night. Good night. Thank you. We need to talk to him more often we because do. he is the bringer of good news. He I brought feel like so <laughs> much joy, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> I'm so happy right I now. feel like it's Christmas right now. The idea of a Z Nation Christmas movie and the comic book and his, his Night of the Living Dead anthology—that's so good. Ah, I want the so Christmas many, movie. To I happen. want a Christmas movie so badly so bad. right now. Oh my gosh! And the Murphy's heart oh grew my gosh. three sizes that day, and then immediately. <laughs> shrank and turning into a black hole from which no light could escape that's beautiful there's like three people out there who are going to get that reference i would watch that tv program we already are i would watch that specific episode of that tv program so let's let's get back to this real quick but before we move on i i should say i should have saved it for the middle of the show uh but we we had a lot to talk about i want to talk to you guys really quickly about it Folks, thank you so, so much uh, for everybody who's gone to rate, leave a comment on the iTunes uh, store. We love hearing from you, first of all. And second of all, it's the best way to let our producers know that you like the show that we're putting on. And we love sitting here getting to talk about Z Nation. And you guys 
continued viewership and support allows us to do that. And if you guys leave a comment, we will give it a shout out on the show. Like uh, from Mighty Orphan, who writes, This is the one. Five stars. I think I enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy the show. Z Nation is exactly what I look for from television, and this podcast fits the same bill. So thank you so much. And we also had a comment on Twitter uh, last uh, from last week uh, just talking about how excited that they, they got a shout-out. Uh, Kylia, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Kylia, at Kylia Light Loves Cat. I think cats. she was one of our iTunes reviewers. Yes, yeah, yeah. she, she was one of our iTunes reviewers and was just ecstatic that we gave her a shout-out on the show. So I'm giving her a Twitter shout-out right now. What? Because you rock, Kylia. You are the best. You are Guess super. what? We adore you. So thank you guys so, so much. Again, to everybody in the live chat, everybody on the hashtag, everybody who comments on iTunes, you guys are the best. So let's get back to it. So not only do we have the man coming back, Murphy going full supervillain, uh, 10K bitten. 10K bitten. Citizen Z up in the Arctic with his new lady friend, Kaya. Uh, new people. We also have, and we mentioned this when we had Craig on, we have Sun May and her military outfit. And they're the ones that inadvertently give Murphy his military tech here at the end of this Oopsie. episode. Wah, yep, wah. good job. But she's a very interesting character because, again, we get a different worldview from her. You know, everybody's after the same objective of wanting to find a cure for the zombie virus and put the world back in its proper place. But they have a different way of going about doing it. And, yeah, part of that plan involves getting the Murphy. Now, what did you guys think of this initial confrontation? Because it went places I wasn't expecting. Like, when this military unit came out and, you know, captured all of our heroes, it was kind of interesting. I I was kind of expecting them to be a little bit more of a force to be reckoned with, but by the end of the episode, Sun May is the only one that's left. I love that we established competence for the military force because we're so used to them doing the whole, okay, we're going to get out of our stuff, we're going to stand up, we're going to beat them up, and we're going to get our weapons back and run. And for the first time, it doesn't work at all. That was because, a fantastic scene. <laughs> yeah, because these people have training and they know what they're doing. Like, Warren is the only one who has any modicum of success. Just, and it's just that... It's just that war decency of like, well, I thought that was going to go different. I will hands behind my back for it. I apologize. All right. All right. Good times. And this we is try. awkward. And but I concede. A, but it's a really good way to establish, not in a big swaggering, I'm going to beat you up sort of way, but in a no, it's all of the details and we have them all figured out sort of way that, yeah, these people know what they're doing and they're competent. And then they all stop and stare at the freaking laser grenade. I'm so mad at that thing. <laughs> Only only one person thought to dive out of the way, yeah. You would think that a piece of technology that advanced, that can map faces to the point of having, like, the 3D polygons to be able to figure out, oh, there's a face there, would have something in it that could scan for a heartbeat and maybe not shoot people. Or have... Because, wow, it was only a matter of time until someone threw one of those suckers back. Or have, like certain faces, you know, say, hey, maybe don't shoot the person with this face. Like, if Facebook can recognize my face in a picture, you'd think that military tech could also recognize certain military personnel. Yeah. But I guess you can't necessarily account for the fact if those military personnel become zombies. I guess there's a thing there, so yeah. Well, and Facebook also thinks I'm Patrick D. so... (laughs) 
That's interesting. <laughs> it has mistagged a few pictures, so that's a thing. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I I kind of dis I, I agree with you. They they're competent when it comes to dealing with other people. But that kind of that sort of military precision kind of goes out the window a little bit when we see actual zombies come out because the first thing I thought when they opened fire on the horde of zombies that's heading their way is I'm like that's wasting a lot of ammunition. Yeah. So again, very precise when it comes to dealing with actual humans, but when it comes to zombies, I'm guessing that being behind the walls, you know, you can't really prepare for a fight with zombies until you've actually gotten into fights with zombies. And I'm, I'm thinking of, I've read a little bit of World War Z at one point, and they were interviewing someone from the military, and he was talking about how they were unprepared because the military does teach you to go for the larger targets. You go for the chest, you go for the heart, that's where you can do the most damage, and they're easier to hit. Headshots are more difficult. And so, going up against zombies, they just went with their training, which are get them in the chest. There's a lot of things there where if you hit them right, they'll kill a man. But they're already dead, and headshots are the only thing that'll work. And so it's a matter of retraining and kind of reprogramming how you react to things, and that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, having read World War Z as well, uh, warfare Did I against, get that right? Uh, more or less, but <laughs> also warfare against <laughs> zombies is completely different than warfare against people, because people, you know, can feel shock and awe. And zombies do not. In theory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In theory. In theory. This is true. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Michelle? What did you think of this new military outlet? I don't really have a comment on it. They're I, just there. They're, they're there. just there. They're just there. And to be fair, they are just there. They are one of many military outfits that have just wanted to use Murphy to, as a means to an end. They were just there to introduce a new character from mm -hmm. a different place because they all died. Yep, they they did all die. I and, will say I'm sad that I went down that they went down that quickly, just because it was right after the comment about boy, it's sure nice to have someone else up front for once. <laughs> and you've doomed them all. And there they go. Yeah, <laughs> and all right, they were nice while they lasted. Did anyone think to pick up their guns? No? Okay. But again, it's nice, because uh, especially where we are right now with the group, having uh, the the artist formerly known as El Scorpion on the team. <laughs> Hector. Hector. I Good like Hector. having him so freaking much. And they gave him a knife gun. <laughs> I'm so happy. That was a mini modern bayonet. <laughs> it's a tiny gun, gun. blade. <laughs> I love it. But with him and Sun, we have, again, these two very different worldviews that have now been incorporated into the group. You know, El Scorpion has very much had a very hard life getting... Yeah. getting Sorry, to, I shouldn't laugh, just, but, like, just... She's reading the rap sheet. And it's just going and going <laughs> and going. Kept going. Opportunities were limited in my neighborhood, like... God bless. But, you know, it brings the question, because they've only just now incorporated him into the group as well, so it's going to be very interesting to see whether these two newcomers are going to cause a little bit of animosity, if they're going to get along with each other, if they're going to get along with the rest of the group, if the group's going to side more with El Scorpion because he's more battle experienced. His name is Hector. His name is Hector. El Scorpion right. died in the he's pit dead. of zombies. He's dead. It's How Hector. How could you? You're right. I just what? feel like Hector's kind of a little... 
He just seems very happy to be there. He's just like a very large, dangerous puppy dog where he kind of loves you all, but if anyone looks at you sideways, he'll rip their throats out. I like it. I think it's that he, first of all, he's drawn to this group because I feel like he's drawn to certain types of people. Um, who particularly who prove themselves very strong personalities, but he's also free. He hasn't been free in a long time. I That's assume. very true. So I, I think he's just really happy that he's found this new life opportunity and that he's just kind of running with it. He's like, okay, let's see where this goes. I'm on the good guy's side now. <laughs> This is fun. I love it. I love it so much. And I can definitely buy it. I'm just like, yes, I'm down. I'm in. I'm yep. in. Yep. Yep. Add yep. them to the list of my favorite people. And uh, There's a list. <laughs> I can't choose just one. There's a list. And the only other thing I, I really want to touch on before we wrap up is that, that moment where we do have this kind of confrontation between Murphy and Warren. You know, the, the and this is why I say he went full supervillain in this episode. Because he's like, join me. And together we will change the world. And we will rule it in my image. Like, I was half expecting him to say, and we will rule the world side by side with you as my queen. For <laughs> Something that's, like that, that's not yeah. really what he meant. I, I kind of. But liked, she called him out for it. She did, and I, I kind of liked that he offered that, and it ties back to what we were talking about earlier. With he cares about this group, but he cares about himself a lot more mm-hmm. and his sense of self-preservation a lot more. I feel like caring about the group is Warren, most of the rest of y'all, ten k. <laughs> like there's a there's a priority order there. Yep. I feel like he has not mastered the art of debating, and he handles that by biting people on the face or neck <laughs> to get his way, and that is not good practice. He never quite Just learned that lesson in kindergarten. a general shout out to anyone who might be debating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that it's important to listen. <laughs> that it's important to listen and not bite people who disagree do not with bite, you. Do not bite the people that disagree with you. That's what happens when you have all the best words and you run out of them. <laughs> anyway. Just generally frowned upon to bite other people in general. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it was so subtle you didn't even see it coming. It took me a minute. <laughs> But, yeah. Watch the debate. Topical humor. <laughs> and I I like that this new mission is not only to still try to save the world, but the new mission is to stop Murphy, which I think is a nice little little tweak compared to the... I do like it. Did they name it at the end? I don't remember. I don't think they did. Did uh, they? they? They did say we have a new mission. They, I hope it, they name it. <laughs> that would be great because it was Operation Operation Bite that yeah. guy. <laughs> Operation Stop the Tall Smurf Guy? I don't know. No, somebody come up in the comments below. What should the new mission be titled for yes. our heroes? Please. We will announce the, ne- the our favorite next time. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And use it. Yes. In the same way that we nicknamed all our Decepticons on the other And we will continue to refer to the mission as that for the remainder of the season. So, you know, it needs to be snappy and not profane. (laughs) Air appropriate. That just about wraps it up for our show tonight. Do you guys have any other comments before we wrap up for the evening? I just really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was good. I'm excited for next week. Nice return to form. Oh, my God. Yeah, This felt like the season three premiere. This, we had the movie, and this is the start of the season. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. It was so Which much fun. It's actually really smart. 
Yeah, yeah. on Sonic's yeah. part. Hitting the ground running. Again, what, what, what he was talking about earlier in terms of, like, gaining momentum is, like, you know, you have greater viewership because everybody who didn't get their answers last episode gets them this episode. Yep. It was a very, very smart move. All right. Um, do we want to do rapid-fire predictions really quick? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. All right. Rapid-fire predictions because we are over nice. time. Timberwolf in chat says that there is a picture released of 10K and Murphy having a fight. Ooh, do you mm. think... It, uh, there's a thought. I I would like to think that later on down the line, maybe this episode, maybe, maybe further on down the season, that 10K will fight to regain his independence in this particular... I don't know, because he looks like he's in really good shape. It's entirely possible that for people who aren't close to death, that maybe they, the effects of the bite are only temporary. But if you've seen the promo pictures for, like, the full cast pictures, he has some awful dark circles under his eyes in those. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. And keep in mind, the only long-term one we've seen is Cassandra, and she was an exception to whatever rules we could potentially have because she was 90% dead anyway and then kind of went feral. Our only example of long-term effects would have been Ma and Pa Kettle, and we haven't seen them in a while. That's so true. We don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how that develops. Michelle? I just kind of want to see if Dr. Kareen's head comes back in the game. Yeah! <laughs> That's what I want. He was left behind in that fight. He's in a box. Maybe it's a bulletproof box. Who knows? Not us yet. <laughs> we don't know. He could yeah. be anywhere. Nobody gave us a heads up. Boo. Oh, come on. I stuck my neck out for that one. Boo. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? So, okay. Um, the only other thing I'm going to say in terms of predictions is that I feel like the man is going to be closer onto Warren's trail than onto Murphy's and mm-hmm. will come across that group before he comes across across Murphy's group. I'm expecting like video game fights where you fight the boss a couple of small times throughout the campaign and then at the end it's the really awful one. So that's what I'm expecting for this. I just imagine that low quality um, like pixels. What? Yeah, pixel. Well, like turtle monster, whatever it is, where they're throwing shells at it and you jump around it. Oh, yes. That's going to happen. That's my new prediction. That's not going to happen. Well, Bowser? <laughs> is that who they fight? I don't know. I don't play video games. I don't know your life. Which video game are we talking about? All of them. Mark? Generically. <laughs> Generically. That room at the end. The room well, where folks, it happens. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you to everybody on the hashtag and the live chat. It was a pleasure hearing from you. Uh, Michelle, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter at Michelle Cullen and on Thursdays right here at AfterBuzz TV talking about Criminal Minds Season 12. Woo! I'm so excited. Please tune in. Katie. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiajay. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Star Wars Rebels comes back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Arrow comes back next week on Wednesdays at 9 p.m., I think. Um, Blindspot is back on Thursdays at also 9 p.m. They all came back at once. I'm having a moment. Watch things. It's great. <laughs> I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangua. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Folks, thank you again so, so much. Thank you again to Craig Engler for calling in. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We will see you all next time. <laughs>
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.